eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Illinois football acts quickly, gets a new offensive coordinator just hours after it officially acknowledges that Tony Peterson is out. Barry Lunny Jr., UTSA offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, is now in. He served the previous, or he served five seasons under Brett Bielma at Arkansas as his tight ends coach. Had some uh, pretty good tight ends in that room, including Hunter Henry, uh, who has gone on to great things in the NFL as well. But Brett Bielma going unlike. Uh, with Tony Peterson going with someone he knows very well on his staff previously. So there's experience here. Uh, there's obviously a camaraderie here, uh, a little bit younger. And Joey Wagner, um, who's joining me here on the Illini Choir podcast, my biggest takeaway is, is Brett Beam was getting kind of a guy on the rise, kind of like Ryan Walters. Uh, it's, it's very different than Tony Peterson in that way. And that's somebody he's had on his staff prior, who's kind of making his way up in the business. You know, Tony Peterson hadn't coached in the Power Five uh, in, in 15 years uh, but prior to coming to Illinois um, as an offensive assistant. So uh, I, I think this is a quick, decisive move by Brett Bielman on paper. I think most people nationally look at this as a pretty good move given what uh, Lunny did at UTSA. Yeah, I wonder if – I mean, that was kind of the whole thing when they hired the first two coordinators in Walters and Peterson. It's like, we want to build this from scratch. We don't – I mean, we, Brett wanted so much – you know, I guess just difference in terms of like not working with a lot of with the coordinators before the, now the position coaches he obviously knew well, but the coordinators like I remember talking a lot about that a year ago. Jeremy, I was like, okay, he's never worked with these guys. So did something change? Like, I, I mean, was it a point to make it? I want to have somebody I've worked with, or more likely, in my opinion, was I want Barry Lunny, right? Like that's kind of what it screams to me, and it so happens that they work together, and, and you know, Barry and they go all the way back. But yeah, you're right. There's two guys who, you know, you're going to look down the line and say, hey, they could be a candidate. And you would assume just because they're young, they're, they're kind of rising up in Ryan Walters and Barry Lunny. And it is it is different than, than getting Tony Peterson, who ha- had been a while at uh, Minnesota. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, right. I, as we said the other night, Tom Fornelli, like the hire, don't know if it'll work out. Um, yeah, I like this hire more on paper than I like Tony Peterson. Like, I would have liked Lunny last year on paper more than, than Peterson just due to the things we just talked about. Lunny's guy on the rise, did good things. It was only one year at UTSA, so maybe there were some question marks there. But after two years at UTSA, given the success they've had, uh, and then, you know, just his background with Bielema, I know Bielema's taken a lot of pride 
in that he's brought in some new voices. He wanted people who didn't work with him previously. Um, that worked on defense, so you can't say that that didn't uh, work with him. You know, Boo's been with him. Bart Miller's been with him. Aaron Henry, Terrence Jameson obviously have. But I, I think after seeing how it failed the first year with Tony Peterson, Bielma probably had a comfort in going back to what he knows and then having a guy who's just sitting there, right, at a group of five school making $230,000, $250,000. He can triple his salary, bring him in. And for Barry Lunny, this is a huge, huge step up and a huge break for him. And I, I want to get into some of his background, but uh, I, I think on paper, this, like, Tony Peterson, I probably would have said like a C minus last year on paper. Um, even though I like some of his background, his Big Ten success, this one uh, I'd be sitting there with very high marks, whether it's B plus, A minus, whatever it is, just because this is a pretty good hire at a lot of Power Five schools, and and for Illinois to get him, I think is a really good thing. Yeah, and again, if you're a program like Illinois, you're developing your guys on the field, right? You're, you're developing your players, but you want to be that coach development program because right now you're not selling, you're not walking into Barry Lunny and meeting with Barry Lunny and say, "Hey, check this out! All these wins we've got here, and wouldn't you like to be?" It's so you've got to say, "Hey, Brett's history does lend to saying." I've helped get these coaches. I've helped get coaches in bigger and better seats down the line. Barry's seen it. I mean, this isn't a surprise to him, right? But I, but I think that's what you have to be, at least in the infant stages of this, because your draw has to be in the same way that Brett said his draw on the recruiting trail. Remember, he told his coaches, we've got to win them with us. That's kind of what Brett's got to do now with, with filling out his coaching staff. Is He's got to win them with him and who he is. And then trust the guy, right? I mean, you got to trust Barry Lunny to, to elevate the offense here. But it, there, there are some parallels here just in this early stages of get guys that you believe in who are going to shoot up the ladder a little bit. And we expect Barry to. I mean, my goodness, he has, right? Like, I mean, you know, he's a tight ends coach a few years ago. Now he's a power five offensive coordinator. So that's, I, I think that's important to get some of those guys that you trust and help elevate them up. And, and we've seen it on the defensive side. And I, I do think it's important, Jeremy, when we look at the defensive staff, no, Brett didn't work with Ryan Walters. And I do not believe Kevin Kane, right? Right. But that's a very, that room was a lot of voices. And, and three of those voices, Terrence Jameson, Aaron Henry, and Andy Boo, he had worked with before. And I, I think that matters too. And, offensively he had worked with Bart Miller but that was it and, and now you start to see another voice and I maybe that won't matter but I do think it's interesting that there were more Bielema from the Bielema tree I guess defensively than offensively and now you're starting to to get a little bit more of that in here with Barry Lunny and there are a lot of things on paper that they they see pretty pretty eye to eye with here and what we've seen out of Barry Lunny's teams just to give you some background on Barry Lunny, he was a star prep quarterback out of Fort Smith, Arkansas in high school, played at Arkansas, was a four-year starting quarterback there. And you look at some of his numbers, like 41 touchdowns to 38 interceptions, doesn't look all that great, but Arkansas had some really good years uh, there. Then he uh, he gets outside of that, and then he comes a GA at Arkansas, 98-99, moves on to Tulsa, where he's an assistant for three years, moves on to San Jose State, where he's an assistant for two seasons, and then he decides Joey to get into the high school game comes back to Arkansas coaches at Bentonville where he's an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach uh, at one of the most prestigious programs in Arkansas leads them to four state championship appearances two state titles he wasn't the head coach there 
But then, uh, given his college history, given his success uh, at the high school, uh, one of Brett Bielma's hires on his first staff at Arkansas is to hire Barry Loney as a tight ends coach. Now, he's quarterback background, you know, play caller background, but he just wanted to get him on staff. And then I, I want to mention this. Like, obviously, he was a huge part in developing three guys who were drafted in the NFL in his position room, uh, which is Hunter Henry, A.J. Derby, Jeremy Sprinkle. But, but also, he was a stud recruiter for them. Now, he was recruiting uh, in his home state to the Razorbacks, where a lot of these kids in his home state want to be Razorbacks growing up, right? Like, they grow up around that. But still, he gave them a jolt in recruiting. And I, I think that's something I don't want to overlook here is Tony Peterson wasn't giving Illinois much of a jolt in recruiting. I do think Barry Lunny, even though he might be, only be eight years younger than Tony Peterson, He's plugged into this scene, and I think uh, he can be a pretty good recruiter. And, and I, you know, UTSA was only there two years, but he certainly got a lot out of that talent. And uh, the other thing is, Lunny was kept on at Chad Morris' staff for two seasons, became the interim head coach there because he was a former Arkansas alum. They felt comfortable putting him in that role for, uh, I think it was a game or two. And then, you know, UTSA, uh, under Jeff Trailer, it speaks for itself. Illinois fans got to see up close what that looked like this year. And that was an exciting offense. Sincere McCormick, last two years, almost 3,000 yards rushing. He wants to run the ball, but also it's pretty creative in how he uh, throws the ball. The run-pass options really hurt Illinois. Um, and Zachary Franklin looks like an NFL-type uh, wide receiver. And, and Frank Harris is a dual-threat quarterback. We'll get into all of that, Joey. But uh, that's an impressive background. Like, it's been a gradual rise for him to where he is kind of took this circuitous route uh, to the high school level back to college um, but there's a lot to like in that development yeah there's a couple things I want to build off there first the high school experience you know who's going to like that every single high school coach he talks to that's just going to be a big deal I, I think the close the coaching circle is close-knit anyway and then you've got a guy who 10 years ago did it and now he's a power five offensive coordinator I just think that's going to resonate. Is it going to win over every recruit he sits in the living room of? No. But I think he, I think because he was sitting in the seat where coaches came in to talk to him 10 years ago, he knows the pitch, right? He knows what resonates, what doesn't. I'm not saying Tony Peterson didn't, but 10 years isn't that long. I mean, it is, but I mean, I, I just think knowing what it all looks like from that seat and understanding that, being able to say, hey, I get it. I was you. I, I know exactly what concerns you have. What ex I mean, I, I just think that really matters. I think a lot of high school coaches are going to be like, hey, this guy's, you know, he's kind of one of us, right? I mean, he was one of us. <laughs> that's what I thought. I didn't want to punch my desk here. It's kind of glass. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that helps. Uh, in my mind, it helps. I, I don't really know uh, how it wouldn't. And then I do want to say, when Brett Bielma hired Ryan Walters and Tony Peterson, his, I don't want to say goal, but he said, hey, we're not going to have these guys. Remember, they divvied up the state, and their portions were smaller intentionally, right? Brett wanted them game planning, building all of that during the season and not having to, to really branch out all that far on the recruiting scene. But as you look, as this class got closer and closer to the end and more and more players were built, Ryan Walters had a lot of fingerprints on that. And I, I do wonder if Brett said, hey, this guy's pretty good, man. We got to get him out there. And, and, and could we see something similar, right, with, with Barry Lunny and, and say, hey, maybe that's another, I guess, alteration to Brett's initial plan. It's, you know, we need to get these coordinators out there 
more. I mean, don't let it get in the way of what they need to do on Saturdays. But, you know, you got to have those guys. You you can push out there and, you know, it, it does carry some weight when, hey, Illinois DC's in to see me. Their OC's in to see me. That, that carries a little bit. And I'm not saying it, you know, people turn their nose up when an assistant coach walks in. That's foolish. But I, I think that shows a little bit more, you know, hey, we're all in on you. Look, we brought these guys. And, I, and I'm probably getting a little off track here, but I think – I think you've seen that adjust too, and I think Barry can step into that. What we've seen him do at Arkansas at UTSA and kind of fill into that mold a little bit. He will be the 10th offensive coordinator now, if you're including the co-titles in there. 10th offensive coordinator at Illinois in the last 13 years. Okay, So he is taking on a role that has been tough. It's been tough to crack for whatever reason. And he's taking on a position in quarterback's coach and a recruiter of quarterbacks that Illinois hasn't gotten right in a really long time. It has been since, right, Mike Loxley. Mike Loxley last was here in 2008, and he got Juice Williams, really started the recruitment of Nathan Shieldhouse, right? So it's been a long time since Illinois has had a guy who's been a star in this position, a guy who's gotten this thing right. You know, Paul Petrino had one good year. Um, maybe a year and a half that that he did pretty well. Bill Cubitt had a good year when he first got here with, with Nathan Shieldhouse, but the defense was awful that year. Um, you know, it's it's there hasn't been consistent success at this offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach role, and, and I would expect he gets a similar contract to Tony Pearson, probably three years. Illinois hasn't announced how much, but Tony Pearson is making seven fifty. I would imagine it's it's around there somewhere, but. He, he takes on a huge task, Joey, of we'll talk about what the offense looks like, but just the quarterback room. And it'll be very interesting, and this is obviously going to be a big question. What do you want out of your quarterbacks? Is it Frank Harris, who ran for 1,000 yards the last two years combined, right? Or And, and also threw for 4,500 yards and, and 38 touchdowns. Are you going to see more of that dual threat? Or is it going to be a guy like Tommy DeVito who can run a little bit? Because I think the quarterback run is going to be more involved here but um, also can throw it around a lot. Um, you know, he coached at Arkansas. He's going to be more like Arkansas or UTSA. Like, I think there's things you can do at UTSA you can't quite do in the Big Ten. So that'll be interesting. But given the history of these two, um, I would expect Brett Bielma and Barry Lunny are on the same page here and what they want. But Brett Bielma's quarterbacks have tended to be pro-style under center. Barry Lunny at UTSA ran a lot of shotgun, a lot of zone read, a lot of more run-pass option kind of stuff. Yeah, and let's be clear that the 10 offensive coordinators in 13 years is an exact tie to the quarterback issue, right? You're not cycling through them if you've got a quarterback who's leading you three years, four years. And, I mean, those things are tied for a reason, right? It's the most important position on the field for a reason. Uh, So I I think that, look, man, we've known this, right? When we did, hey, what's the biggest need in the class of 2023? When we look forward, the answer is always and will always be quarterback until you've satisfied that need it's every program ever now you're basically saying okay Barry please satisfy the quarterback position for us uh so it's not a a one-on year then one-off you know what I mean we, we have a couple years of a starter here uh that, that's the biggest job Barry's got in front of him I think is to find that and obviously you've got to juice up this offense because it wasn't good at all last year but am I the only one who's kind of crazy when you said like Tommy DeVito, who maybe saw like 2019 Brandon Peters in this offense? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I sit there and look at Tommy DeVito and I watched his film at 
Syracuse, and I, I think of Dino Babers with Jimmy Garoppolo and just throwing it all everywhere, right? These, these bubble screen stuff, and they did that stuff. But Tommy's legs is what really, like, I was like, oh, this guy can move. Like, this guy's dangerous in the open field. Now, he's got an injury history, so you don't want that to happen. And his last two years weren't as good uh, as his 2019 year, but uh, I, I do think he can fit. Like, so, you know, once you fire the OC, it's like, oh, are they still going to have Tommy DeVito show up in a week, right? Like, that, that's one of the first things that pops in my mind. Uh, I, I think he's probably even more sold on playing for Barry Lunny and seeing what Frank Harris did there with him. So that'll be interesting to watch. I, I don't know exactly what that will look like or what they want, which is why whenever we're able to talk to, to Barry and to Brett, that, that'll certainly be a big topic. Otherwise, Joey, like, Certainly there will be things that change in the passing game, certain things that can change in the running game, but I think the core tenets of what Brett Bielema wants to be, physical, run uh, to establish things, play action pass, or whether it's RPO pass or whatever it is, I, I still think the core tenets of what he believes tough, smart, dependable, they're going to do, but there's just going to be different wrinkles. Like You're not just going to be doing trying to do what Iowa and Wisconsin want to do. But I still think tight ends are going to be a big part of this offense. Barry's got a, a good history of those with Arkansas. Um, he recruited Luke Ford. Uh, he he visited Carterville, Illinois, three or four times from what I'm told. And I was told he was a really dynamic recruiter when he did that. So I, I think a lot of the things that they want to do are going to be similar, just a different kind of of aggression, I, I think. And, and Brett Buma told you the quote that, you know, reacting to defenses isn't what I want to do. I want defenses to react to us. And I thought that was, was pretty telling. It was a really telling quote. Uh, yeah. Look, I don't think Barry Lunny is in champagne and, and we'll get here and him, him and Brett will look at each other and say, wait, what, this is what you have in mind philosophically. No, man, they're lined up. They, they know what they want to do. And I let's, think let's, this let's is, say it. Brett probably doesn't do this unless Brett, like Barry Lunny's all in before he even fires Tony Peterson. Right. Like it, that, that's probably not happening. Yeah, I don't think Brett made this move, risked it getting leaked out like it did, only to say, I'm pretty sure I got this guy, mm -hmm. right? He knew there's a reason they waited until 7 o'clock on Friday to finally say we've gotten rid of Tony Peterson. It's a very short and news then, cycle before announcing the, the next time. Yeah, hey, everybody, I know you're almost asleep, but look, we're, we're going to do this, and by the time you wake up, at least in my case, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to have a new offensive coordinator, and, and, and that's again that that timing itself really backs up everything we thought and and we knew and, and we had heard that yeah brett has a guy i mean th this was not going to be uh, it could be him it could be him it could be him it was always going to be barry Lunny, i think I, I mean and obviously what we've seen lines up with that and, and because of that i think that they believe in one another they know what they're going to do but yeah, you're going to see wrinkles, and, and I'm sure when Brett Bielema showed film, he said, "See this guy with number one? Uh, yeah, we we would enjoy getting him the ball. Can you do that? Can you find a way to I get was, number one?" Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools 
tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, I was going to ask you, who is happiest of the Illinois players of this move? So I like top threes. So I, I think Isaiah, right? Because obviously he knows the dude with the loudest voice in that building wants him to have the ball. If not 100% of the time, like 99 uh, Luke Ford is probably a pretty happy guy. We said that a year ago, and that, frankly, didn't come to fruition. Like can I, can, I, can I add a wrinkle to that? I wonder if there's a last-minute pitch to Daniel Barker with this. Because as much as Isaiah Williams you thought, get him the ball more, get him the ball more, Daniel I was Barker. even more emphatic about Daniel Barker. I, until yeah. the end of the season when Tony did get creative and find ways to get Daniel Barker the ball, like the, the handoff was a beautiful, Love beautiful Love play. It. Great call by, by Tony. But, like, you wanted that earlier. Like, he's got to get the ball more than he did early in the season. And I think Daniel's got NFL talent. I think the NFL could use a guy like that who's very versatile in the passing game. He's got to improve as a, as a run blocker and be more consistent. But um, you wonder if you could sell him on one more year because that'd be a dynamic player for him. Um, I would get a statement from Mr. Hunter Henry, and I would say, look at what this guy said that I helped him with. Does that interest you, yeah. right? Because – yeah, Daniel Barker's got a lot of NFL talent, and blocking is an issue, right? I mean, it's just it's you know it's not like you can't play him, but like if there's a weakness to his game, it's that. And I mean, it's not breaking news. So if you can sell him and Barry Lunny on each other, uh, and I don't think you're going to need a lot of sales pitch for Barry Lunny on Daniel Barker. He's got eyes. He's coaching tight end. He knows what what the good ones look like, and Daniel Barker is one of them. That would be interesting. And I, I want to add Chase Brown to the list. Yes, I was waiting. I, that might be my number one because as good as Chase Brown is, think of how many loaded boxes he saw. Like right, like think about how much attention he got, and he still had a thousand yards. Like he's got to look at Sincere McCormick's year, and Sincere McCormick's a good back. Chase Brown is more talented than him. Now he's going up against Big Ten teams, but Sincere McCormick ran for 140, right? Against Illinois, I had like 30 something carries to get there. But uh, I think Chase Brown, is, as much as anybody, could really benefit because if he has a 1,200 yard year, which I don't think is outside the realm of possibility for him, like, yeah, that guy could get drafted. He would have had that this year if he played in the first three games. Right. He was hurt. He was hurt and limited carries, didn't play in one altogether, limited carries the Virginia game, and he still put up 1,000 yards. You can't tell me Chase Brown wouldn't have found 200 yards in those three games, right? So, yeah, if you're looking at this, you're thinking, all right, you know, obviously they still want to run the football. You're not walking into, like, Texas Tech here, uh, old Texas Air Raid, Texas Tech, where you're going to throw it around. Running the ball is still fundamental. Go ahead. Yeah, and just to say that, like, UTSA ran the ball 54% of the time. That's a balanced offense, right? Illinois ran it 57% of the time, which is a pretty balanced offense for, for a college game. But like, it's not like – all of a sudden, because you're going to have some spread elements here, like maybe more 10 and 11 personnel than you had this year, you're still going to use the tight end a lot. You're still going to run the football. Like I still think like there's going to be more wrinkles here. There's going to look different, but it's not going to look completely foreign than what we've seen. Like I don't think this is going from Rod Smith to what we just saw. I don't think it's that big of a change. 
Right, I agree with that. And so, again, the running game is going to be a factor. And, hey, there's a chance the boxes might not be loaded, like you said. And and go, Chase, go. Enjoy the space you're going to see. And, hey, Josh McCray, you're going to have to, you know, maybe break fewer tackles because there's going to be, in concept, less people in the box. Now, that concept has to come through by developing a quarterback and throwing the ball and being a threat in the air, which I think, frankly, could have existed last year. It just didn't happen. The quarterbacks just didn't get it done. And, and yeah, the play calling at times was just not – I guess it left some to be desired, and, and we don't know. Maybe it'll do that again. But I think in, in theory you can see what UTSA did and see some space for these backs to operate out there. Now you need offensive line health. There's so many caveats here, right? You need yeah. this. You need a quarterback. You need a line. You, you need to do all of this stuff. But – I mean, the tape Barry Lonnie has out there. Tape doesn't lie, man. Yeah, Tape does not lie, and the tape Barry Lonnie has out there is, is good. Yeah, and I think one thing I'll look at, I mean, quarterback development is huge. You know, getting those quarterbacks to learn the game, to, to be confident, to play their best football, and I, I don't think last year either Brandon Peters – I mean, the last four games was probably his best football for Brandon Peters uh, in college. Now, there's certain max maybe for some of those guys, but I didn't think he played his best football last year I, I didn't think Archer Sikowski and whether that's the injury or not I don't think he played his best football I don't think the offensive line mostly played their best football I think Doug Kramer did uh Vidarian I thought was pretty similar to the year prior but as a group I didn't think they were maybe even as strong as the year prior now Kendrick Green has something to do with that but like I, I didn't I don't know how many guys like you felt like played their best football last year Frank Harris from his junior year, his first year with Lunny to his senior year, took a huge leap, man. Like he went from 129 efficiency rating to 152. Um, his completion rate uh, rose two percent. His yards per attempt 1.5. His interception stayed the same, while his touchdowns more than doubled. Like that's a that's a good sign for a quarterbacks coach, which is a big part of this offense coordinator job. Um, so that that's encouraging to me as well. And and obviously sincere McCormick, they got the most out of him in this offense the last two years. And Zakari Franklin turned himself into a, probably an NFL prospect. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good recruiting pitch for wide receivers, right? Is we're, we're going to take this this UTSA kid Zakari Franklin, he's going to be in the league, um, and he and he's probably going to be pretty good in the league. And I think, Jeremy, we've noticed... Unless, unless Lonnie can just be like, hey, come to Illinois for a year, right? I know everyone's thinking oh, it. I know everyone's boy. thinking it. Oh, so I'm just going to throw that out there. But I think that kid should just go to the NFL based on what we oh, saw. Oh, boy. Jeremy, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy. Oh, no. It's just pure uh, speculation, right? I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, the kid's going to leave. Yeah, I, uh, I, I thought the same. I didn't want to be the one to say it. I'm glad we, we just pushed the envelope. Did, did, I, did I put enough caveats in there? I put enough caveats to say, like, probably not going to happen, guys. Like, so just everyone knows. Like, I'm not hearing that from anything. Oh, I know. And, I'm just and, every well, Illinois fan's asking me, is Zachary Franklin coming to? Probably not, but hey, you got a guy who's connected to him at least. Yeah. I mean, come on. A lot of people thought it, right? Yeah. When the name came out, you're like, all right, who, who absolutely carved up this defense in week two? Who, who was that? Um, Interesting. I, I'd like to to hear the first conversation between Ryan Walters and Perry Lonnie, um, because he kind of torched Ryan's defense in that game. Dang right. Um, and, and to be fair, that stretch really, I think, expedited some changes or different approaches defensively that paid off in the long run. Um, I remember, but so I, I do want to say, Jeremy, when we let's go back a little bit to like spring ball and early camp. Do you remember there was a lot of questions as we were learning Bielema before we saw the offense, there was a lot of questions like, 
hey, you guys are going to run the ball. It's going to look at all this running you're going to do. Tons of running, huh? And there were a lot of times, every time, Brett kind of pushed back on that a little bit. And I think it's because he wanted to make sure the message wasn't we're only going to run the football because you need people who can throw it and you need people who can catch it and you need to attract them in recruiting, right? So I, that's just armchair guessing. Is He, he didn't want to sound like this was going to be some wing T class one, a football offense and receivers stay or go. It doesn't matter. And and so now I think you bring in Barry Lunny and you can say, Zachary Franklin, Frank Harris, look at this. And and I think that helps a little bit more in that pitch where, yeah, Illinois ran the ball well, but do you have guys who, who really showed growth as quarterbacks and wide receivers last year maybe some some small steps wide receiver wise Isaiah Williams obviously a large one but now you have this and it's just another influx of look we're not just going to run this thing exclusively right we are going to pass and and you know maybe you could have had that pitch beforehand but I think Barry backs it up a little further yeah, I think that's the misnomer of Brett Bielma is, is even I had to sit there and go, well, you think of Melvin Gordon, James White, Monte Ball, John Clay, and they had great rushing attacks right at Wisconsin. But as you look back, it's not like they were, like you said, Texas Tech under Mike Leach throwing the ball everywhere, but they were one of the most efficient passing attacks in the country. Like yards per attempt, pass efficiency rating. When Bielma was at Wisconsin, especially his last four or five years, they were atop the Big Ten with some of the best programs. Like we think about, you know, Purdue throwing the ball or Ohio State or, or Michigan State, whatever it is. And, and remember, Michigan State at the time, some good quarterbacks were, were going through there, like Kirk Cousins. Like they were up there with, with guys that, now I'm not just talking about the Russell Wilson year. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the, the years where they had the, the typical Wisconsin guy just changed the name, looks the same in the pocket. They were very, very efficient. So, I, yeah, I do think he wanted to fight back against that because you got to throw the ball at some point. Like, even if you have a good rushing attack, you got to throw the ball at some point. And Tony Peterson had a solid rushing game. I, it wasn't great. It was a solid rushing game that at times was great, including Penn State. Uh, but their passing attack was just atrocious. That's what has to be fixed here. The, the, the passing attack has to be fixed and in, in how they approach it, and and that's what he's going to bring into this program. And it'll be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting, Joey, to, to be able to talk with Barry and talk to Brett, especially Brett, about why he made this move. Because we talked about this in the previous podcast about his, his firing, but he could have just stayed for one more year and been like, all right, let's get some of our guys in. Brett had more urgency than that. Like, he saw something that, like, I need to fix this eventually, so I'm going to fix it now. And I got a guy that I think I can bring in. He he just went and did it right away. That's a lot of urgency, and it's something that doesn't happen a lot here at Illinois unless you feel like you're going to be fired. And Brett Bielman was not getting fired next year, even if they struggle offensively and struggle as a team, right? Like, he, he saw a problem and said, I need to fix this now. Yeah. You know, I, I think, Jeremy, when a lot of people, maybe who don't spend a lot of time like we do, talking with Brett, observing what Brett does, they might just think, oh, old school guy, right? Run the ball, fourth down, doesn't matter, you're going to punt. Like, there's just so many things where it's like, this is just, he comes from this tree of of Hayden Fry, of Bill Snyder, of Barry Alvarez, of Bill Belichick, and, and this is just what you do, and, and what is adaptation, right? And, and that's not the way that Brett operates, and frankly, that's not the way that any of those coaches operate. Belichick uh, especially, yeah. right? Like, that guy adapts more than anybody. He adapts week right. to week. 
But but I think there was this notion that he's just like, oh, this old school football coach, or this is what you did when you played, and now this is what – that's not what I've observed out of Brett Bielema. I've observed a willingness to say, this isn't it, this isn't working, right? And, and he, we saw it last season when he said, you know, yeah, I went in and, and I said, this is who needs to get touches. That's a willingness to say, this isn't working, I want to get my hands on this, and then to make this decision to bury Lonnie – and to make a big change, this is a big change. It's not getting the national headlines because it's Illinois football. Like if Alabama did this, oh, good God. I mean, you couldn't even turn on the radio anymore, right? Does anyone turn on the radio? I don't. Anyway, but, you know, like this is a really significant move. And you've seen it, again, as I talked earlier with branching your coordinators up. Brett changes quickly. He, he doesn't wait to say like, yep, this has worked in my history, and by George, this is going to work here. I'm telling you. No, it's man. very different ahead. from the old guy. <laughs> I mean, there's such a stark contrast. I know Lovey fired Garrick McGee after two years. I think that had as much to do with the um, the staff as a whole, like being able to work together. I think he would have had a lot of guys leave if Garrick, wasn't le- if Garrick didn't le- leave. They had some issues there. Um, but defensively, he's just stubborn. You know, didn't change. We all saw it. And I'm not the smartest football guy, but you're just saying this defense has to change unless you're getting four- and five-star recruits to run your NFL defense. Like, you need to change the way you do things, and he didn't. And for one year, it worked because they got a bunch of turnovers. And then the next year, it failed again because it just it was unsustainable here. So to see a coach do that, I think – for us and, and for any Illini observer, it's it's a breath of fresh air to, to say, like, all right, this isn't working. I need to change it. This concept that Brett, you know, the smash mouth, run, efficient, but kind of dial back passing attack, I, I think that's probably a fair way to approach what they did at Wisconsin, right? You were successful, but, you, you know, you weren't throwing the ball 30 times at Wisconsin. That worked there. And it works for Iowa, and it works for Wisconsin. 2022 Illinois, 2021 Illinois, no, it's just not going to work with what you've got in house right now. And, and for him to go through and say, and see that and to get out of, frankly, probably his offensive philosophical comfort zone, that's telling. Yeah, but I don't know I, how and, much he's going to uh, deviate from it because him and Barry well, have right. together, right? But, but like, like, he, he did this at Arkansas. He did this at Arkansas. You know, he had Jim Chaney for two years, and Jim's kind of an older school guy, uh, more of a pro style. You know, he, he will throw the ball down the field. But um, then he brought in Dan Enos. And Dan Enos was more of a modern. He wanted to run the football, but spread it out a little bit more. He got his quarterbacks moving a little bit more. Uh, and they had some success, right? They, they made three bowl games uh, at Arkansas, a couple with that offensive staff, which Barry Lonnie, of course, was on. So uh, he's done this before. He did this at Arkansas with his offense, and now he's changing in. They're, again, to bring up Fornelli's quote, love it on paper, don't know if it'll work. We'll see if it works, but Brett was obviously uh, sold that it wasn't going to work uh, under Tony Peterson. So uh, he decides to to make the change and and get a guy on on paper that looks pretty good. Yeah, and I think if I'm Barry, one of my questions was, I'm not leaving a good thing for one year. Like I want to know that I'm bought that you're bought into me here, getting some time to do this. And I think that's a reasonable. I don't know that that's what he said, but I would have said it. I think you would have said it, right? You, you got to and. He must have believed that this is a lot of belief in one another because Barry Lonnie was going to have offensive coordinator chances coming up down the line in the power five. I mean, he wasn't going to stay at UTSA forever, I would suspect. Um, yeah, well, I think that program could be a great group of five program, 
Like they're still a young program and they still don't have the financial firepower that Illinois does. Like Illinois can triple, they just triple Lonnie's salary, right? Plus your power five offense coordinator next step is a head coach in the FBS, right? Like a group of five head coaching job. And that's probably not the case at UTSA to go from maybe now, maybe you replace trailers, the head coach at UTSA, but trailers aren't going anywhere with the deal uh, he just got. So, um, you know, trailers done a great thing there and Lonnie was a big part of it. He wasn't what's what made him an attractive candidate. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I like it on paper. I, I'd really like, I'm excited to talk to Barry Lonnie. I, I'd like to know a lot. Um, I like know a lot from Brett Bielema and, and I, Johnny Newton tweeted out let's just let me just yeah. backtrack a little bit he, he quote tweeted the the announcement good move exclamation point any number of exclamation points and the praying emoji I'm not saying you know it may, maybe he just believes in what his head coach is doing and Brett Bielema can instill that belief but if I played defense and I went out there and, and I put up some of the numbers we put up and at the end of the day I walked into a locker room and we're all upset because we lost and maybe a bowl game is is fading and you know it probably wasn't on you would you not be excited to look across the ball in the hall and see a guy who who just got what UTSA did I don't know especially when you got tore up by that offense (laughs) (laughs) right And, and I think from the outside we had questions about Tony Peterson okay and we watch them once a week. People inside the program see it every day, and they see things we don't. And Brett Bielema, you know, nobody expected Tony Peterson to have a top 60 offense this year, given, given what he had, mm-hmm. right? You have to be fair in that he didn't have much to work with. But again, I don't think he got the most of what he had. While Ryan Walters, he did, especially the last nine games there of elite defensive football for Big Ten play. Um there's a lack of confidence from Brett Bioma, and I'm sure inside that locker room, there's a lack of confidence in their offensive play caller because they're thinking the same things we are during a game. You know, why isn't this working? Like, why are we third and 13 again? Like, why why don't we throw the ball downfield a little bit more? Like, why isn't Isaiah Williams getting the ball? Like, why isn't Daniel Bar- – like, they are thinking the same kind of thing. So, I, while Tony Peterson, like, I enjoyed talking to him, I think – most people I talked to thought he was a good dude. At some point, it, it and Tony said this to me late no late November, right? He's like, "It's a results business. I know it." And I, I think everyone knows it. Just it wasn't good enough, and there wasn't confidence that he could do it. So that's why he's gone. Yeah, and that's well stated, man. And I, I do. On the one hand, you do think like, man, if you're a player, do you want to deal? Like we talked about it in our previous podcast. Chase Brown at Illinois, three offensive coordinators. It's a lot, right? That's a lot. Uh, there's, there's no other way to cut it up and carve it. That's a that's a lot of changing. Um, let's let's say it. Barry's got a lot of work to do. Like he's got a, he's got yeah. his work cut out for him. He's got a quarterback room that has one guy who had a good season two years ago, right? Um, outside of that, are any of those guys Barry wants? I don't know. I can't answer that question for Illini fans right now. Of How does Donovan Leary fit into that? Is Samari Collier all of a sudden got new life from the fifth string? I, I don't know message board posters who want to see more Samari Collier. Um, I do think it's a good thing for Chase Brown, Isaiah Williams, some of those players we're talking about. Josh McCray. Yeah, but his offensive line? Like Barry doesn't have much to work with right now. He needs to help Illinois get some offensive linemen here, along with Bart Miller and, and Brett Bielema. Um, and he doesn't, playmaker-wise, I mean, it's Isaiah, 
the running backs, Luke Ford. There's there's not a ton to work with, but you're hoping he can get the most out of them, unlike Tony Peterson. Yeah, and, and look, we said that, right, with Tony. And it's part of the reason I think I thought that I was so taken back by the actual decision to make the move is there's just not a lot there, man. There's not a lot, especially at the skill positions, uh, more than anything. Because last year, I, I think we liked the line uh, a pretty decent amount, though it didn't really – maximize itself but man the, the, well, and that's that's not. that's what Barry Lunny has to do he has to show us that hey there's this guy here that I think could be pretty good that you guys don't think is going to be good a la Kirby Joseph right um maybe Devin Witherspoon could be better than we even thought last year Keith Randolph can look like a future NFL player like we knew Keith had talent right but like we got to see that I, I don't know if that is Pat Bryant this year or or Brian Hightower or Tip Ryman all of a sudden, you know, becomes like a legit. Like he was pretty good last year, better than people thought. But like, you know, guy who can take a huge step and and mostly. Reggie Love. Yeah, yeah. Reggie Love's a good example of that. Or or Tommy DeVito, of course. Um, can can you get the most out of him? Yeah, that's. If you think about like obviously financially, Barry's going to be pretty well compensated for this move. Uh, in terms of where it stands up in the college football hierarchy of whatever um being at a power five is a big deal but man this is not a risk averse move or like a, without risk and there's risk here man like for all the good buzz and uh, you know hey look what utsa was you know take a lot of work to get illinois to that point and you know is the bar lower right if you get illinois passable offensively mm-hmm. do, you, do you get some 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 good graces and good buzz much like ryan walters did a year ago i mean Illinois' defense was solid a year ago, but it wasn't like the top fifteen nationally. And and not, but look what Ryan got buzz wise because I think there's it comes with the man. Look what's around him. He, you know, there's just not a lot there, and I, I think that's it, it. Tells a little bit that Barry believes a lot in Brett and, and in himself to do this, but it's not without without a possible that, that it takes a little bit here. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is Brett didn't want to risk another down season. He didn't want to risk. He's never gone back-to-back seasons without a bowl, right? Practices. Yeah. Practices. Let's yeah. call it what it is. It's those 15 practices. Yeah, and and well, I guess he has now with – if you go back to Arkansas, last year didn't make a bowl and this year, but like back-to-back at the same place, he hasn't gone without a bowl. And while the schedule gets tougher, the Big Ten West provides opportunities. The non-conference with Wyoming basically losing everybody um, – you know, Virginia losing a bunch of talent despite Brendan Armstrong coming back. Like, there's opportunities to get there, and, and he's trying to raise the bar, and he's not willing to to go with an offense coordinator who doesn't have a ton of confidence in and go 3-9. and nine. Because you do that your first two years, say you went 3-9, and nine, you go 8-16, and 16, all of a sudden people are like, is that going to happen? Right? Like, he, he understands that, and he's got an urgency to get it correct, and he's got a lot of confidence in, in Barry Loney to be that guy. You know, I when Brett got hired, I remember you know fans were okay. You don't get recruits and you don't win, but you don't win and you don't get recruits. What stops the cycle, right? What stops the cycle of Illinois coaches going four and eight and or five and seven, four and eight, three and nine, shaking it up pretty quick, man. It I don't know that it's promised to stop the cycle that has been, but if you're gonna shake things up and stop it making a pretty bold move like this is a 
good step forward to do that. And it's a big boy move. It's it's a big boy football move. Um, and uh, I, I think in the past Illinois might have just been complacent or just hey, we don't have the money to go you know fire an offensive coordinator after just one year of a three year contract. It's not the way Bielma and, and Whitman are operating anymore, and I think that's a good thing. I agree with you, and, and we talked about it before. Josh's backing goes a long way here, uh, both in terms of standing in Brett's corner and and making it happen from a financial standpoint. That's got to happen, and and I think we've heard Brett kind of allude to a lot of those things that he knows he's got Josh in his corner, and Josh is going to do everything he can to to kickstart this thing. And will it kickstart it? I don't know, man. I don't know, but. It's it supposed to know. Really, You're supposed to give that. It's definitely going to get better. Oh, this is terrible. No, like we'll see. Well, so these things are on the internet forever. So if I say <laughs> it's definitely going to get better, and in two years, if it doesn't, I am a fool. Um, but, I will but, say this: like I am more confident in this hire than I was the, the yes. original Peterson hire. Like I, I think I shared last year, the guys I was really excited about Illinois adding to its staff were the guys with really impressive resumes in their positions and that's Kevin Kane and, and George McDonald and and Ryan Walters I thought man you, you stole a power five coordinator that's a good thing uh, and, and a lot of people spoke well of him now I, I didn't know if it was definitely going to work like it did but those are probably the three most impressive hires you made then we we hear from Bart Miller and, and you hear from Aaron Henry like oh those are those are pretty impressive guys uh, but but Peterson was probably my biggest question mark was like how is this going to work when he hasn't played, he hasn't coached at this level in a while, hasn't coached with uh, Brett Bielma before, this one makes makes a lot more sense on paper. Yeah, and again, I have questions. How's this all going to – the playbook, how's it all going to come together, right? Because Brett has said he didn't want someone to come in and plop down a playbook and say, listen here, this is what this is going to be. Uh, he, he wanted kind of a collaborative effort. He's called it Illinois' offense, Illinois' defense, whatever it is. Does that change, right? Does, we don't know. That Those are questions, unfortunately. Guys, we can't answer until we talk to them. I'm assuming in this coming week, um, last I heard, there's no data as to when that's going to be. But has that changed? Does Brett want someone to come in and say, okay, this is what you've done. Let's dance here, right? Like, this is what we want to see. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I could see where it might. And, of course, that's not just Barry putting on headphones in an offensive meeting and saying, nope, I'm not hearing any – Mm-hmm. ideas or conversations but I, I don't know I, I don't know what that yeah. looks like but I, I think from what Brett said last year when he hired these guys and what we've seen happen over the course of the last calendar year I do wonder how much of what he said then has changed to what he maybe envisions now maybe it's not as much as I think it could be or maybe it's more I don't know but I, I do I, I'm excited to ask him a lot about some of those details there my biggest takeaway is I think there's a jolt of energy to the offense that needs it. Uh, it it's, a, it's a jolt of energy in recruiting as well. Like You have to be able to recruit quarterbacks. you got to be able to recruit playmakers. And I think Illinois was going to struggle to do that under Tony Peterson. Like I had a wide receiver uh, kind of picture of the position, and my, my biggest question was, like, how are you going to be able to recruit wide receivers to this position? Now, George did a good job with the preps, but my question was, I think you need to transfer at least one guy how do you sell that? And now with Barry Lunny, I think it's a little bit easier of, of a sell. All right, Joey Wagner, great stuff. As always, uh, at some point, we're going to catch up with J.J. Perez, who does a great job covering UTSA for 24-7 Sports. Also reached out to Trey Biddy, who covered Arkansas, uh, where 
Maloney did a really good job both uh, recruiting and developing tight ends. So we'll talk to those guys at some point as well and get their insight. But, uh, Joey, big news. Uh, early January for Illinois football and, and what we thought would be a quieter offseason. Uh, we get one coaching staff move. Don't know if there will be any others, but uh, it's a big one. It is a big one. It's significant, and we'll see. I, I guess another – my last point, Jeremy, I know is your wrap-up, and here, yeah. here I still um, – Joey's got thoughts. I've got thoughts. Uh, just, uh, I know the quarterback's the hottest conversation, right? Be, and it should be. Remember a year ago, we were watching, like, okay, what kind of quarterbacks is Tony Peterson offering? We're doing it again, man. It's back. Yeah. <laughs> flat, flat circle in time, man. We, uh, I, I want to see what kind of offers go out to quarterbacks under yeah. Barry Lonnie initially and, and see what that, what that looks like and, and what that'll tell us about what they're after. And unfortunately, we might not know that for a little bit here. Uh, but that, that's the big thing to watch, I think, in the next months leading up to spring ball is is what they're approaching quarterback-wise in future classes. Great stuff. We'll have more on the new hire, Barry Lunny Jr., the new offense coordinator for Illinois at IlliniInquirer.com. Check it out there. Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. As always, give us a follow, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll chat to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.